Last week, um, if you were not here with us, or if you're watching on live stream tonight and you were not with us, we did a Bible study on the people, or a people, to be a people of Thanksgiving. And uh, so tonight we want to look at a psalm of Thanksgiving. And uh, we're going to look tonight at Psalm 95. We'll look at a couple of other portions of the psalms and some other scripture as well. But we are approaching what is my favorite of all the holidays, Thanksgiving. And um, I just like Thanksgiving. I find it very relaxing. Of course, I don't do any of the cooking. Um, I just do all of the, all of the eating. And... Um, my wife and my daughters and my daughter-in-laws do all the work, and uh, I reap all the benefit. So it's just a nice time. Anyhow, also, too, I heard from Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Tennant, Scott Sandy today, our missionary, does John and Romans, and uh, going to plan the John and Romans project for next year. Well, I asked him how COVID affected his ministry. He does about 30 projects a year, and they were able to do 18 projects this past year. And so he was very thankful for that, considering um, you know, everything that's going on and all the shutdowns and so on and so forth. But um, we'll, we'll do a John and Romans project next year, and, and I'm looking forward to doing that. All right, Psalm, Psalm 95. Um, follow along as I read verses um, 1 through 11. And you kids... I'm going to ask you, after I read this psalm, I want you to be able to tell me something that you're thankful for. Can you do that? So I'm going to give you, at the time I read this psalm, 11 verses, something that you could be thankful for. All right, so are you ready, Maddie? You ready? You going to be able to tell me something you're thankful for? Not yet! Not yet! All right. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. All right. Psalm 95. The Bible says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it. And His hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are the, the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Forty years long I was grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank You for the opportunity to be here this evening. As always, Lord, thank You for Your goodness to us and thank You for Your mercy and for Your grace. We ask and pray now that You'd bless this Bible study 
just help us for these next several minutes to just think about that which we should be thankful for and why should we should be thankful as uh, is applied in this particular psalm. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now is your chance. Now is your chance. Maddie, would you like to go first? Is there something that you are thankful for? Your daddy is building you a treehouse. Yeah, I saw it the other day. It's got a ways to go, but he's making a good attempt at it. All right, it'll be ready by spring. Very good. Somebody else. Now I'll let you volunteer. Go ahead. Your church? Yeah, very good. Now you got to think different ones. So the longer you wait, if someone says one, you got to come up with another one. My school. Your school, very good. Wow, not too many kids like their school are thankful, so it must be quite a school. Go ahead. Not as principal. Your family. All right, your family. That's a great one to be thankful for. Your house. Your house. All right, yes. That Jesus died on the cross. We have a little theologian here, and that's what we wanted to hear. All right. Thanksgiving. You like Thanksgiving, huh? You like to eat, I know. This kid has like, you can't feed him enough. All right, he could probably consume a whole turkey himself. All right. Keziah, what about you? You thankful for something? You got something? A merciful, your merciful God. That'll fit into the Bible study site. That's a good one. Amen. And you chaos, we don't want to miss you. You got something you're thankful for? Friends. Friends. All right. Boys? Can you muster something up? Didn't think I was going to call on you. <laughs> All right. I, Josiah? You're an English teacher. <laughs> well, I heard you playing the piano the other day. You ought to be thankful for the ability that God gave you to play the piano because you do a, you're quite a pianist. And uh, that's a great gift that God's given you. You need to take that gift and use it to honor the Lord. I mean it. I'm just not making something up. I'm pretty impressed. Right? All right, he's shaking his head. So, Aiden, I'll give you one last chance. All right, I don't want to push it. You think about it, all right? Huh? Yeah. No, I was going to just skip this bunch right here. All right, there, so. Unless they'd like, unless, unless you would like to. I was going to say my dad, but you didn't give me an opportunity. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Change my answer. All right. That's fine with me. Your mom's doing well, by the way. Thank you for praying for for, for Shelly. She we just got, I just got back from Albany with her. She's obviously not here because of her surgery, but she should be here this coming Sunday. The doctor said everything looks perfect, so we're very thankful for that because this procedure sometimes you got to go back and have it done all over again, and uh, that's not a good thing. So thankful for that. All right, I'll go ahead. I'll do this row here. Let's go. Come on. 
Y'all mean to do that? No, no, you're done. Yeah, you missed out on me. You know? You missed out. I know how you feel now, man. You missed out on me. I all right. All right. Ability to discern right from wrong. That's something to be very thankful for. You should have got some of it. No. <laughs> That's on you, my no. Your siblings. Your brother. Well, that's a sibling. So that breaks the rule. You have to come up with something else. Think about it. I'll give James a chance, and then we'll come back to you. The ability to come to church, is that like different than church? I'll let you be the judge. The freedom, right? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Okay, very good. All right. The Bible. Another theologian. All right, very good. All right, all right. So let's look at this psalm. And um, this psalm is really an invitation to worship. It's an invitation to give thanks. And uh, I think we all would agree that just because it's Thanksgiving coming up, uh, that you and I, we're to be a thankful people all the time. But it's a wonderful time to just uh, think about giving thanks and for all that, and how God has blessed all of us. And uh, the great, the, great uh, commentator and preacher, Spurgeon, said of this psalm, he said this. He said, it has about it a ring like that of a church bell, like calling people to assemble calling people to worship. And then he said this, and I think you'll see it in the psalm. He said, and like the bells, it sounds both merrily and solemnly. Solemnly, we'll see at the end, because like often we find in the Scriptures, there is also a warning here to be careful with regards to becoming unthankful. A hint, he said, of human listlessness and a distraction of the cares whereby we are more prompt to run after other things rather than to devote ourselves seriously to the praises and to the service of our God. And uh, that's so true. I've often said there are so many voices in the world trying to call us away from the voice of God. And those voices, unfortunately, can be very successful. So really three simple points that I found in this psalm that I want to give you tonight. And uh, the first, of course, is this. We give thanks because He, our God, He is the supreme God. Now we know that He is the only one true living God. Amen? But the psalmist calls us to worship. And look at verse 3. He says this. Here's a reason why. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all all gods. Look over at Psalm 97 and verse number 9. The Bible says this, For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth, and thou art exalted far above all gods. Of course, gods there is small g. Because the world, really since the fall of man, has been, has been tempted to worship false gods. Whether it's the gods of mythology or the many pagan gods down through all of the generations that have existed, uh, or even in our time, it seems, but not only in our time, but really, I guess, throughout history, mankind wanting to worship the creation rather than the creator, the creature rather than the creator, even to the extent that mankind wants to be worshipped as God. 
You know, in the Japanese system uh, prior to World War II, the emperor was deified. The emperor, the people thought the emperor was God. And that's not, uh, wasn't only in that, in, in that uh, world or in, in that culture, but you find that. I believe in North Korea, the North Korean leader is to be deified, and they think him, of him as God. But the whole idea, even in our own culture, of uh, humanistic thinking, and while we may not call ourselves, or people may not call themselves God, when they leave God out of the equation, and in many ways they try to take the place of God. But we worship, what a blessing it is to know that you and I, we worship the one true living God. And the Psalms are reminding, remind us of this. And it's not just here, but throughout the Psalms and, and throughout the Scriptures. And we're to be thankful because the God we worship is the supreme God. The psalmists make mention of that. A great king above all gods. 97.9 Thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Look on your handout, if you will. I have also written for you Psalm 93, or excuse me, 83, verses 17 and 18. Look at what the psalmist says here. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish. Now, let me just stop there. The context of this is all the other nations. The other nations that worship false gods. In my devotions, I'm reading through the book of Isaiah. And I think I was in Isaiah chapter, uh, in Isaiah chapter 41. It talked about the other nations putting together gods and making false gods and soldering them together. And um, one of the things that Isaiah mentions there, and he reminds the Israelites and the reader of Isaiah is those gods. Here's a, maybe, maybe you already realize this, you probably do, but this really, this really touched my heart this morning. The only God that has ever existed with regards to being a prophetic God is our God. You understand what I'm saying? All the false gods of the world, they never could tell you what was going to happen in the future. But our God has told us what's going to happen in the future. In fact, well over 95% of the Bible prophecies have already come to pass. I mean, naming rulers like Cyrus well over a hundred years before he even existed. And, and the example after example after example. And in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is challenging them. All of these gods that man has made, none of those gods could ever and were ever a prophetic God like the one true living God, Jehovah. And so the psalmist, that's the context of this also in Psalm 83. That men, he said in, the, in, in Psalm 83, 18, that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. He who is self-existent. Nobody had to fashion our God. Nobody had to take a tree and cut the tree down and make a God out of a stump or mold gold together and, and make a figure or anything of that nature. Our God is infinitely above all creatures. The earth is but His footstool. Amen? The earth is but His footstool. The godless race of men 
uh, throughout history have disregarded Him. And yet the psalmist though reminds us of this. Yet at times the wonderful work of the Lord compels even the most unwilling to adore His majesty. Someone was sharing uh, something with me recently and they were having a conversation with an individual. And this individual uh, has been very successful in life. And uh, they were just talking and and discussing their lives. And um, this individual went on to share with this other person how they had just lost their lives. This man is 59 years old. Their Their wife their wife passed away not too long ago, and he had to go through the trial of that. But they, then he shared his faith and how his faith was strong, and his faith helped him to get through all of this. And the other person was pretty impressed by this to meet someone, a person of faith, who had been through some great tragedies in life. And um, yet, through all of that tragedy, that man was still faithful to the one true living God. And it had an impression on this person who doesn't walk with the Lord and um, had to comment that he was impressed by that. So there are even times, and that's the point of this, one of the things to be thankful for is, listen, you and I will we'll come into contact with people who, who don't worship the one true living God. But they look at our testimony. They see that we're a thankful people. They see the trials and tribulations we may go through. And yet what they see then is, even though that they may not have placed their trust in the one true living God, even may have rejected the one true living God, just by your testimony and by your thankfulness, you can be used of the Lord to draw them to that truth. And it's a great blessing when God uses us that way. I'm not going to have you turn there for sake of time, but I have this written down in my notes. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's an incident there. And listen to what it says. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. The context of that is Jehoshaphat's kingdom had had a rest and a quietness because the countries all around had seen how one nation after another nation had tried to take on Jehoshaphat and his kingdom, and yet God watched over Jehoshaphat and God blessed the kingdom of Jehoshaphat and the pagan nations recognized it And they kind of backed away and they realized that the God of Jehoshaphat is the one, is is the God of strength, is the God who watches over his people. And God used that to perhaps impress upon them that. Uh, And and that's, that's a great truth. So you and I, as a thankful people, let's remember that the one true, the supreme God, the one true living God, he is the God that we worship, and that ought to make us a thankful people. Especially when you think that pagan cultures um, or 
those who worship the creator, the creation rather than the creator, and all the other things that mankind worships, there's really no answer in that. There's really nothing to trust in that. But our God, He's the supreme God. But then secondly, in our Bible study tonight, verses 4 through 6, we give thanks because He's the creator God. Look at what it says here. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. And then the psalmist said this, verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Our adoration and our thanksgiving, it is to be a humble adoration and a humble thanksgiving. The joyful noise that the psalmist speaks about, it is to be accompanied with a great reverence. We worship in such a style that we bow down before the great King, the one true living God, the Creator of all things. And if you'll notice in our psalm, Psalm 103.14, on our handout here. Let's just read this out out loud together, won't you? Psalm 103, verse 14. Let's begin. For He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. That's all we are. Just dust. We're just dust. And yet God loves us. And God cares for us. He not only created all that's around us, and He created you and me, but He is our God. He cares about us infinitely, more than we can imagine. And yet we live in a world that forgets that. We live in a world that thinks that we are more than just us. In Psalm chapter 2, the Bible says this, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. And the Lord shall have them in derision. Now this example I'm going to give you, it's a little bit dated, but it's a, I still think it's a good example. If you're my age or around my age, and I believe she's still alive, I, you probably remember an actress by the name of Shirley MacLaine. She was a pretty well-known act, actress for many, many years. And, um, but she was really one of those people who was the, in the forefront of what we, I don't even know if they call it this any longer, the whole New Age movement. And she believed that, that uh, well, she believed that she, she got onto the beach one day, I think it was in California, she kind of put out her hands and she said, I am God. The heavens must have just been rolling over in great laughter. But the reality is, whether you literally stand on a beach and cry out, I am God, when people live their lives devoid of God, that's really what they're saying. I am my own God. I'm the master of my own fate. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's the world that we live in, but that's always been the world that we live in. It's a rejection of the Creator God. The whole evolution, the movement of evolution that's taught versus creationism is really to reject. The idea really behind much of it, it's not so much as it is science, 
as it is to reject a personal responsibility to the one true living God, our Creator. The psalmist reminds us, let's be thankful not only because He is the one true living God, but He created us. He is the Creator God. And then because of that, just as the hand of God created the mountains and the valleys and uh, the trees and, and all that you're coloring in there, He created all of that and all the things that you can think of, He created you and He created me. The hand of God not only shaped and formed uh, and has dominion over the creature, the creation, and that's what verses 4 and 5 are reminding us of, but it also reminds us of this, but so too does He shape and form and mold and have dominion over you and me. And that's a good thing. A thankful heart not only is reminded of that, but a thankful heart submits to our Creator and all that we do. All that we do. That's what. Look at verse 6. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Let us worship and bow down. Well, before long, we'll be singing one of the old Christmas hymns, uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, and the chorus, O Come Let Us Adore Him. O Come Let Us Adore Him. O Come Let Us Adore Him. And we should do that all the time, amen? In fact, just gathering together as a body of believers is a way to come in and to adore Him and to be thankful for that. And then lastly tonight, we give thanks because He's a personal God. Verses 7 through 11. Verse 7 first. For He is our God. We are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Well, that's so reassuring. He's a personal God. He's our God. As He belongs to us, so we belong to Him. We are His even as sheep belong to the shepherd and His hand is our rule. He is our guide. He is to be our government. He is to be our help. He's the source of our supply. As Israel was led through the desert, we're led through life by the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd. We don't have to run through life alone. And uh, praise the Lord for that. So, Let's just finish, well, well, two things. First, if you notice on your handout, the, the 23rd Psalm. And I've highlighted, you notice how many times in the 23rd Psalm it refers to the idea of his personal, being a personal God. Let's read this out loud together as we finish up here. And emphasize the words that I have emphasized, won't you? Let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in great pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, by the way, don't let the 23rd Psalm become so common to you that you forget how powerful 
It really is. And I could have highlighted many more examples here with regards to my and his, and it's the whole personality. But we finish up with verses 8 through 11. And I'm not going to say much except it is a bit of a warning here. As God reminds us of these three things here, but then he finishes with this warning. Today, if you will hear his voice. Verse 8, harden not your heart. An unthankful heart is a heart that is beginning, becoming hard. As in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, it's a reference to the children of Israel griping and complaining about God. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work, 40 years long I was grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart. And they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. You know, you'll never really have the rest that God wants you to have unless you are a thankful people. The Psalms are filled. There are many, many Psalms. The Psalms of Thanksgiving, they remind us of that. They do. Having an attitude of gratitude. Colossians speaks of that. And um, just be thankful. When things aren't going well, you know the old hymn, I love the old hymn, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, feeling all is lost. You know how the rest of it goes, don't you? How's it, how does it go? Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. That's what a thankful heart does. We all go through times where we're challenged to be a thankful people. When things aren't going right. Just be thankful. Be thankful. There's so much that we have to be thankful for. Most of all, we have to be thankful that we've been redeemed and we're on our way to heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's our Bible study. Last week we looked at the Scriptures teach us to be a people of thanksgiving. This week a psalm of thanksgiving. And of course, next week there is no Bible study on Wednesday night, but then we'll finish up the following Wednesday with one last lesson on Thanksgiving. All right, we're going to have our prayer time in a minute, but before we, Ethan, you can come, but I wanted to just, uh, and you can leave the screen on too, or the uh, live stream on, because if folks are watching, I want them to be aware of this. So I don't know how many of you receive the... Um, There's an organization in Massachusetts that keeps us updated on um, different things that are going on in the legislature. God, I've just forgot the name of it. What is it called again? The Mass Family Institute. Mass Family Institute. Anyhow, last Thursday, if you weren't aware of this, um, a new version of the Roe Act was approved by the Mass House of Representatives as Amendment 759 to the state budget. And um, according to the article here, the vote was taken last Thursday under cover of night during a lame duck session in the midst of a health crisis as uh, there were other hundreds of amendments as well. But here's the deal. Um, it effectively removes parental consent for girls under 18 to get an abortion. 
It removes the requirement that an abortion save the life of a baby born alive during a botched abortion. So you understand that means a child can be born during an abortion and they would then have the right to take the child's life outside of the womb. Uh, leaving the decision to allow an abortion, even a late-term abortion, to the best medical judgment of the abortionist. Also, this bill allows less qualified nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, and midwives to perform abortions as late as 24 weeks. Anyhow, uh, I, we are, or I am, one of 400 plus pastors that have signed a letter that was sent to the um, governor to uh, veto this bill. Uh, if you live in the state of Massachusetts, they're asking that you contact the Massachusetts House, of your Massachusetts representative, and tell them that you are against this bill. And then lastly, I'm trying to find this info here, they have and are in need of only 18 more House members to defeat this. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find this here. But anyhow, it's, um, we need to pray that the governor would veto this. We need to pray for 18 more House members to defeat this. Uh, if, you, if you can, I encourage you to contact your Mass House of Representatives. Who was the representative for this? Uh, for, for, North, huh? for a lot of us, the rep is uh, John Barrett. John Barrett. So probably for most of you, it's John Barrett. So anyhow, we want to pray about this. We want this defeated. This is, uh, this is a terrible bill that uh, they're trying to push through. And um, Yeah, we will um, we'll publish, we'll send everybody an email um, with information so that you can, uh, you know who to call. Uh, but this would be some of the most unrestricted abortion laws in the whole country. So we need to pray for the state that that would happen. Um, that, that would not happen. So, um, and then we will share the Mass Family Institute on our Facebook page as well so that you can connect with them. And if you live in Massachusetts, they keep you very, very well informed with everything that is going on. I will say, well, another thing, another note for prayer requests, um, I did receive um, an email last week that um, the Berkshire Medical Center in North Adams is looking for volunteers. And I said that I would share that with our church. So, um, they need help with different things and different needs, I think, related to the COVID crisis. They want to be prepared. So if anybody is interested in volunteering, Berkshire Medical Center um, is looking for volunteers. So we'll share that as well. Um, and then finally, one more thing is uh, regarding the mission field and praying for our missionaries. Um, I saw the Mo uh, <clears throat> Nate Mortensen put up a photo of their airport in Honduras today, just totally covered in water, completely flooded. And so there's... If you remember a couple weeks ago, they went through um, a tropical rainstorm and then they just had a hurricane come right through on its heels. Category four or five hurricane that went through. So Honduras and Guatemala, I think, um, those Central American countries there are, uh, there's a real, real need there. So be praying uh, for them and their ministries. I know that, I think the buildings where the Mortensons are were spared. I know where the, um, the orphanage ministry that Chris Burkholz has up in the mountains, that was spared any damage as well. But there are lots of other missionaries and churches and Christians, and there's a really, um, a really pressing need there. So 
these are some things both in our state and locally and then internationally that we should be we should be praying for as a church. And if you are watching online, I know each week we have faithful folks watching online. If you have a prayer request, send us a private message. I know, Peggy, you've sent messages in the past, and we've got those. We've prayed for them. So um, anybody else that's watching, if you've got a prayer request for us, and we'd, uh, we'd love to, to pray with you. All right, so we'll say goodbye to everybody on the live stream tonight, and I hope you have a great evening.